0: Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the word with Pastor Nick. So 2021, the year of eternal life. This morning, I'm going to just take a step away for a moment from our subtitle, which is Understanding Our Assignment. And I want to give you a subtitle, which is Zoe, A Priority of the Father. Now, we've been talking about eternal life all year long. And for me, it's been about, oh, almost a year. This August will be a year when the Lord dropped it in my heart that this is what we were supposed to do for 2021. So uh, I want to start by looking at a few scriptures here. Um, The first one is in John 10, 10 from the Amplified Bible. We're going to read some scriptures on eternal life. And of course... We have found out, like many in the church, need to understand that eternal life or everlasting life is not just a duration or a period of time. We're talking about a quality of life, which is God's life. And when we understand that this this Greek word zoe means life it's the life of God, and that we're not just talking about a period of time, it just changes everything where eternal life and everlasting life is concerned. So first of all, John chapter 10, verse 10, I'm going to read with you this morning from the Amplified Translation, this particular verse. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it does what? Overflows. All right? Then we want to go to Acts chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 12 through 20 from Acts chapter 5. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest did no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him Which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Now, isn't that just like I mean, just like testimony? You put the word out there, the word is sown, you want to go for it, and guess what? The enemy comes, you know, to try and stir stuff up. But you notice what happens when people learn how to stand. And it's something when people learn how to stand. You get to a point in life where really the test and the trial start being like water rolling off a duck's back. You get to the point where they don't move you. And I tell you, when that, start, that that is one key indicator in our lives that we are beginning to grow, is when the little hassles, the little things that happen that used to throw us for a loop don't do it anymore. Matter of fact, you say, oh, I know what's going on. Some of you may laugh your way through it. You might just keep doing what you're doing for God or whatever, but you learn, you know what? Oh, come on, devil. Ain't you got nothing different? (laughs) And so you just keep going. And when you keep going, you start realizing you become the unchangeable one, and then the situations around you are the things that have to change. And that's powerful. You talk about growth and development in the life of a believer, that is a mainstay right there man, you just can't ruffle my feathers anymore. Hallelujah. And so same with these guys here, right? And when all this started breaking out, they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. I mean, I, that, that scripture, I, I, I love it because it says to me, I, I think about these men that walk with Jesus, and you, when you realize when Jesus was on the earth, and especially when you take the book of John, and you realize that in that gospel, he's always talking about this life. These men picked up on that. And so it wasn't hard for God to tap them on the shoulders, and say, here's what you do. Stand in the midst of the temple and declare to the people all the words of this Zoe. strong. It's powerful. And when we see that, then we see what Jesus was teaching, what he was demonstrating. It was all because of the life of God. So there was emphasis on this life of God. Now, of course, we've heard and learned from the scriptures that this is the life that's living on the inside of us. By the exceeding great and precious promises, we have been made partakers of the divine nature and, notice, have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah. Okay, next scripture, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. There's therefore now, now, No condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of Zoe in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And another thing that has to stand out and remain in our thinking that the Holy Spirit is all up and involved in this thing called life that we're dealing with. Matter of fact, he's called the spirit of life. He's the, the, the spirit who um, is, is ministering that life to us. Without the Holy Spirit working and ministering to us, we'll never understand what this life is about. He's the spirit of life. So you can't leave him out of the equation. Hallelujah. Okay, another scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 10. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou, therefore, ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And notice, partaker of the afflictions according to the power of God. That means when the afflictions come, you don't bow down underneath them. You deal with them according to the power of God. That means you do something about the affliction. (laughs) Glory to God. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, and not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest... By the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has done what? Abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the gospel. We're going to talk about the life of God and immortality. And what the Bible says here is that God brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So when the gospel is preached, we're going to have to be talking about life. We're going to have to be talking about imperishability. If those things are not included in the preaching and teaching of the gospel, then we're not preaching the gospel. Come on now. I mean, this, this thing that we're dealing with, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, what's opening up with us here is something that is wonderful and magnificent because what God is doing is opening up what this new covenant is supposed to be all about. And really what his plan for all the ages was is for mankind to share his life with him. And in that life is everything that anybody could ever need, want, or desire. Every answer, every healing, everything is in the life. Everything is in the life. So this is why our focus is here with the life. Hallelujah. Life and imperishability, he brought it to light through the gospel. This is what's happening now. We're preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I want to read a few things, of course, that we have read in the past. Some of you were not here, um, so we'll kind of bring you up this snuff. But there are portions of a book entitled Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth, and I'm sure that many of you uh, are familiar with it, have heard of it. One of the classic books on healing in full gospel circles. I mean, this is one of the books that is, if there ever could be a book that was pretty close to complete, this is it. Um, sad to say that if you, uh, you want to get it and read it, you better find a, a copy of it that was printed earlier than the one that I've seen lately, because it has removed a number of chapters out of it that are very, very important. And one of those chapters is chapter 11, which is the fullness of God's life, the secret of victory, which he talks about Zoe, and the part that it has to play in healing and soundness in people's body. I think it's a travesty. But anyway, this is such an important chapter. I'm just gonna read portions of it. There are four Greek words in the New Testament translated life. One means manner of life, another means human life, another behavior. But the Greek word for the kind of life that Jesus brought to the world is zoe, translated eternal life and the life of God. Eternal life is the actual life of the eternal himself. So when we talk about having eternal life, we're not just talking about living forever. We're talking about having a share in the life of the eternal one. God lives in me. God lives in you. His life is manifested in us. And as we keep hearing and we keep feeding on this, it's going to rise up more and more and more and more on the inside of us that this life is real to us, and we're going to walk it in not only for ourselves in a deeper measure, but we're going to demonstrate it and walk it out where other people are concerned in a greater measure. All right? The life that lives itself. Many ministers today made your manner of life and behavior rather than zoe. (laughs) the life of God which when received in sufficient measure lives itself Paul prayed for Christians already filled with the spirit that they might be filled with all the fullness of God this shows that Zoe is God himself and all we have of it is an unsevered part of the life of God Zoe received in sufficient measure transforms us from glory to glory from the from, I'll start again. Zoe received in sufficient measure transforms us from glory to glory into the image of Christ. It turns belief into knowledge. Turns belief into knowledge. <laughs> wow. See, it's not, you're, just not, you're not trying to believe something. It's like you know. It's like something you testify. You get to the point where you know. You know. You don't have to try to believe something that you know. And remember, Jesus gave us his definition of eternal life in John 17. He said, this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Wow. So it's by this life that we really, really get to know God. We start understanding what's in his life, and we start putting it to the acid test in life. And then we see him living and demonstrating his life in, through, and for us. Wow, man. Hmm. It is by... It it turns belief into knowledge. It is the source of all the divine graces. It gives us God's wisdom. It overcomes the world, the flesh, and the devil. It works in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. It is by filling us with his own life that God himself becomes our life, our peace, our righteousness, our purity, our strength, our health, and the preserver of our whole spirit, soul, and body, our zeal, our joy, our faith, our guide, our teacher, our satisfaction, our everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, from the translator's New Testament, there's a little note In the back of this Bible, this is a Bible that was made for people that were going to translate the scriptures into other languages. And so there are some notes in the back of this Bible. And there is a particular note that is there on eternal life that was written in here that translators ought to pay attention to. Listen to this. This is cool, cool. In the New Testament, eternal life is that kind of life which is given to all true believers in Christ. The word eternal draws attention to the quality of that life, not to its duration in a temporal sense. Thus, eternal life can be experienced by believers even while subject to the temporal conditions of earthly life. Translators should be careful to avoid expressions which mean no more than a timeless continuation of life after death. Translation translators should avoid translating the scriptures that way. Wow, oh, man! <laughs> Glory to God. Now, one of the things that has been helpful to me over the course of my Christian life, and not just as a preacher, but my own Christian life, is as I read through the scriptures to see what God makes priority. Every word of God in the Bible is true and important. Every single word. No wasted space where he's concerned. But when we read through the scriptures, if we read carefully, we find out that there are things that he emphasizes, that he spends more time talking about, more time opening up and revealing to us than other things. He just spends a lot of time on things. Okay? Now, this to, to me, this is important. Now, you, you take this for what, you know, you, you feel it's worth for you, to you. But it's important because if God is going to spend a lot of time on something, that means it's very important. And if he's going to spend a lot of time on it, then if I look at it this way, I should spend a lot of time on it. I mean, does that seem logical? Alright? So, I started looking, and I started looking at things that you know, we in the, in the church have emphasized so much and I started comparing it to what I'm seeing the Lord emphasizing and especially in the New Covenant and I said, wait a minute here. There's something wrong. <laughs> the things that we really need to give a lot of attention to doesn't look like we're giving enough attention to. If I want to read through the New Testament, And I see that God called and anointed a particular guy. And this guy wrote, you know, close to two-thirds of the New Covenant. And in his writings, he's talking a lot about the believer's union with Christ. He's talking about growing up spiritually. He's talking about the life of God. He's talking about unity in the church. He's talking about us understanding our place in life in Christ individually and collectively. He's talking about the place that the church has in the plan of God. It seems to me like these are the things that ought to be emphasized. And so, you know, somebody's coming along and trying to, you know, make a big deal about how long a woman's hair is or how short it is, whether she's wearing pants or a skirt, you know, all that kind of stuff. I thought, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. How much am I seeing that emphasized? If I'm seeing people emphasize the color of people's skin and making a big issue out of that, and I don't see God doing that, then it's a problem. We should be emphasizing what God is emphasizing. It makes things so simple. God, Lord. It just gets all up inside of me. Because I'm thinking about this is the way the Lord is looking at it. And I see him, I, you know, sometimes I think about Jesus, you know, the Father and the Son on the throne. I think the Father, you know, your son, didn't we make this thing simple? Why are these cats taking decades and centuries to figure this out? And I, we send them the Holy Ghost, and they're ignoring him. And he's the one that brings the light to this, and they are ignoring the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean we've invested dynamite in these people. And they are walking around with a cap gun. Pap, 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 pap. Oh my bad. Some of y'all might know what a cat not know what a cap gun is, <laughs> <laughs> but you can get the by the by the, by the sound. Pap, pap, pap. You can get that and compare it to explosive like boom. So in my personal life, I've done this. And I'm doing it in ministry life. We need to emphasize what the Lord emphasizes. Sizes. Now, one might ask the question: Since this life is in us, why doesn't it just manifest itself? <laughs> Some folks are honest, then will laugh and giggle and realize, "Yeah, I asked myself this question. I've thought about it." Mm-hmm. And any of us who are honest will we'll probably you know, acknowledge that. Because even with what manifestations of it we've had, we know that there is so much more. And don't worry about it. If, if we stay hooked up and connected the way we are right now, you're not going to have to worry about it. Everything is going to take its right and proper place. All right. But there are things that we have to do to, to um, play our part in this. And so, what we're going to see and understand more and more is what we need to do to play our part. All right? Now, there's a metamorphosis that is going on. Every time I hear this word, you know, I I think about our youngest daughter because when she's growing up and dealing with these silkworms, and she learned that word metamorphosis real early in life. Metamorphosis basically is a change that takes place from the inside out. Now, that says a lot to us because there's already inside of us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We don't need to reach heaven to pull anything down. So our our thinking and our speech needs to be changed. We're not trying to pull heaven down. We're trying to get heaven out. Rising up inside of us in a usable form where we start thinking like heaven, acting like heaven, talking like heaven, and demonstrating heaven. So we got to get our focus right. God is in me. That's why quiet times with the Lord are important. That's why meditation on the word is important. That's why time set aside with the Lord is important. That's why praying in the spirit in your own private time is important. These things are important because they represent opportunities for us to figure out and sense who's on the inside of us and let him have his place. Revealing things to us that come out of us, and then our lives are transformed. So change with us begins from the inside out. We can't reach up to heaven and get change. You can't reach that far anyway. Can't throw a rock that far. Can't shoot shoot a bullet that far. God brought heaven to live inside of us. Christ in you the joyful, confident expectation of glory. And that doesn't mean just glory later on. It's a joyful, confident expectation of the glory of God being revealed in and through us now. Your body can't handle it all, but I'm going to tell you what, it's got, it's in, this, this has got to be one of the miracles of the whole deal, is that the glory of God is on the inside of us and we're in these natural death doomed bodies. And where it killed, guys, in the old covenant, you and I are still walking around with the glory inside of us and can demonstrate it, manifest it. When we put hands on people, it'll come out of us. When we speak words of life, they come out of us and bless other people. Hallelujah. That's a miracle in itself. That's supernatural in itself. It killed them in the old covenant, but you are right. You're walking around, temple of the most high God. <laughs> Sometimes we need to think about some things, man. All right. So now there's a metamorphosis going on in our personal experience. And here, listen, the degree to which we choose to develop will be the degree to which we will experience the life. Now, what I'm gonna say to you right now, I wanna, I'm gonna preface it with this. I'm not talking about rules and regulations. What I'm talking about is choices that we personally make to decide how much we want to get out of this. This is important. Because see, when when we start talking about what we do on a daily basis, a lot of times, either the way that it has come out or the way that it has been portrayed is that you need to keep rules and regulations. And we're not talking about rules and regulations. We're talking about what we decide we want for our personal consecration so that we can get out of this thing what we see in the scriptures. So it becomes a very personal deal here. So we're not saying, now, you can't watch TV, you can't play games, you can't do this. All that is up to you as to how much you decide you want to get out of God. Follow me? This is very important. So I say it that way so that when we hear these things, nobody thinks, whether here or online, nobody oh, he's just talking about rules and regulations. No, we, we, we ought to have enough sense to know that Paul t- took a knife to that, where these old covenant people are concerned, and said, you need to get that trash out the way, because all that's going to do is hinder you walking in God. So just get it out the way and start paying attention to what kind of dedication? Because remember, the scriptures will tell us what we put in is what we're going to get out. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Bottom line. Just like we were talking about what, during the offering. All right? So Matthew 7, verses 12 through 14. No, 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 no. I'm going too fast. Let's back up. All right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. There's a metamorph- there is a metamorphosis going on. And in our personal experience, the degree in which we choose to develop will be the degree to which we will experience the life. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or is your act of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, Okay, don't be conformed. Don't take on the outward shell, but be transformed. That word transformed. We're going with that word metamorphosis. Transformation comes from the inside out. Be transformed by, now notice what it's by, by the renewing of your mind. Ah, the mind. So that means what is on the inside of me has to rise up and do something about my thinking. There are a lot of believers that don't think that thinking is important and that dealing with the mind is important. You know, we want to, woo spiritual all over the place, woo. but we we forget here that God says we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. See, once my, my thinking starts to change and my thinking starts lining up with this life on the inside of me, my body's going to do some stuff in agreement with that life. My actions are going to start rolling with God. So, transformation, everything is already in. We we need to get accustomed to, to thinking and talking to ourselves about the fact all of God is already inside of me. Everything about him is already inside of me. I'm walking around carrying him around inside of me every day, all day long. Matter of fact, if we become more conscious of that, some of us wouldn't say the things, some of the things we say. Some of us wouldn't do some of the things we do, because we've be more conscious and aware of the fact. God's right here, not just with me, but in me. Wow, boy. Shama, shama, shama. Hallelujah. <laughs> Transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and absolutely perfect will of God. I said, "You mean that's available?" That's what the Scripture says. That's what the Scripture says. Oh, that's impossible. That's what the Scripture says. Oh, my mind can't understand it. That's what the Scripture says. Forget your mind till it gets renewed. don't take your unrenewed mind and try to drag the scriptures down. Receive the scriptures and let the scriptures bring your mind up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, another scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. So how much will I give myself to this word of life and allow that life to transform my thinking. Because a little dab is not going to do you. (laughs) Remember bro cream? (laughs) No. A little dab is not going to do you. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, notice this, are changed or transformed or metamorphosized into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it looks to me like it's important there that the more I keep my gaze in this glass or in this mirror and behold the glory of the Lord, then that transformation from one degree of glory to the next Looks to me like it's going to be a, a continual, ongoing process, rather than a little bit here, run for, uh, oh, okay, a little bit more, and uh, I got to stop up and you. No, it's like glory to glory doesn't have to be years apart. It depends on what I want my what my gaze is going to be in looking in that glass, or really, it's looking in the face of Jesus. Will I look at him constantly and continually, or will I be distracted? No, no, it's my choice. Nobody can do it for me. Nobody can take it from me. It's my choice. So it's not a bunch of laws, rules, and regulations that are being laid down. It, it comes to what do I want out of this? Do I want to keep looking in the mirror constantly, or do I want to play games? It's me, it's me, it's all me, it's my choice. You feel that? Okay. Now, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Man, when I when years ago, when I when I when I when I finally recognized by the Holy Spirit what this scripture was saying, it's like, It's another one that just went off like explosives on the inside. Changed my view and and thinking about things. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, notice, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, notice, we can read that backwards and we will get an understanding where he's coming from. It's God who's working in me, so I need to work by salvation and work him out of me. That's what this is all about, figuring out how to get him out of me. <laughs> he's working in me, and that's wonderful. But what he's working in me needs to come out of me because people need to see God. And that's why I'm here, so people can see God. Not see a bunch of sense stuff, but see God. So he's working in me, and he's working in me because he wants to come out of me. But the responsibility for getting him out of me is mine. i got to work out my own salvation. And when I start realizing who's living on the inside of me, then there becomes reverence. When I start realizing what's in the life, I can't help but reverence God. Man, I may not get it perfectly right there now, but I reverence and respect God because I realize what's inside of me. I realize what he did to invest in me what he invested in me. He wasn't playing checkers. Just fooling him. He came, He said, I'm investing myself in you. And everything about my divine nature is in you. That's strong stuff, man. That means every one of us is so important and vital to him that he would take the time, get off his throne, put on a body, suffer, die, take on what we were supposed to take on, and then, you know, strip the enemy of this stuff, get raised from the dead, and sit at the Father's right hand as a resurrected man, and then them invest themselves in me. Knowing what every ma- all of mankind was before Christ and without him, worthless. And then he'll come in and make something of you. That can't help but breed reverence when you realize what God did to do that. And then he just said, I'm going to make you my temple. And I'm going to give you the right, the privilege, and the power to demonstrate me and reveal me to the universe. If you can't reverence God for that, something's wrong with you. (laughs) Something's wrong. Okay? So now, now, we must choose how we discipline and consecrate ourselves in day-to-day living. All right, here's the scripture, Matthew 7, verses 12 through 14. This is one of those other scriptures that when I started looking at eternal life, started dealing with it, and I, oh, wait a minute. Oh, and matter of fact, I remember a message we preached way back in the church in that daycare center entitled The Straight and Narrow Way. I remember to this day. It came from this scripture. And I remember it being up to that time being one of the most powerful, important messages. And the dude that was duplicating the tapes put the master in the wrong slot and erased it. <laughs> God God bless him, and he was so hurt, man. Anyway, Matthew 7, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, let's just read verses 13, start verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto Zoe, and few there be that find it. Now, when I started, when I looked at this scripture in the light of it being Zoe, the life of God, instead of just living forever, because that's the way it was conveyed, okay? There's this broad way that's going to lead to destruction, but there's this narrow way that's going to lead to salvation. Oh, that's nice. But when I looked at that scripture and started breaking it down, and when he started talking about this straight and narrow way and this being like a way that you're going through and there's, it's like a gorge and there's sharp rocks that are sticking out, and it's like all of a sudden something else lit up. And I started real. Well, Jesus is talking about if someone is going to want to walk in this life of God, it is not going to be easy. It's not going to be just like laying out a table and you come sit down and it's just an easy to eat meat, eat a nice meal. You know what? Because everything in the universe, especially where darkness is concerned, is pressing against mankind to keep them from understanding that God wants man to walk this life out and demonstrate this life. So once you start on the trek and start on the trail and the pathway, there's going to be stuff sticking at you, poking at you pushing at you, trying to discourage you and bring so much pain into your life that you say, this is too hard. No, I'm not going to do it. There's a cost. Now, I know there are a lot of people who don't like to talk about or hear about there being a cost. But anything that's worth anything, there's a cost. You got to invest something, you're going to have to pay something. There's a cost to it. And so with this life, if we're going to walk in it like what, what is available, then we got to count the cost, and you got to realize, just like some of you testify, we got to realize that all the stuff that comes against you is not just because your cologne smells good or because you dress so fine. It's because you're looking to demonstrate God. And the enemy wants to do everything that he can to make you back up and quit. Don't do that. If you do that, people are going to see God through you. And they're going to make some changes in their lives. And I'm going to lose. So he's got to bring pressure. Now, I want to read this to you from Ben Campbell Johnson's paraphrase. This, to me, is just awesome. I mean, paraphrase, I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy on paraphrases. And I, when, I, when I read them, I read them very carefully and I match them against what understanding I have of the word of God. But this one here and some of the scriptures that he deals with, I mean, he just, just it's wonderful. He says, um, choose God's way and give it priority in your life because there are many easy choices you can make which will lead to meaninglessness and despair and many persons will choose these routes. So many people want the easy way. If there's pressure involved, if I gotta grow, if I gotta press, oh no, no, I ain't got time for that. Let me go watch some TV, let me go watch a ball game, let me let me just go chill out, let me get me a big meal, eat it up, get tired, and go to sleep. <laughs> but to get my Bible and press into this life, that's hard. So there are people that are gonna make easy, they're gonna make choices. Real easy choices that are comfortable. He says, because the choice to express the spirit dimension requires you to focus your life and bring it under control, few people will choose it. Ooh, that's strong, but I like it. Because the choice to express the spirit dimension requires you to focus your life and bring it under control, few people will choose it. They would rather keep all their options open, of course, which results, results in the loss of life and meaning. That says it, boy. That says it. And how many of us have been there at times in our lives? You see. So the choice. To express the spirit dimension requires us to focus our life and bring it under control. That's a task for all of us. (laughs) And we'll be dealing with it all the days of our lives, won't we? That's right. All right. But we're choices that we make in that. Now, look at Mark chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Now, you'll get this principle. This is, I love the way the Amplified Bible puts this, all right? He said, if any man, Jesus said, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Now, listen to this. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. looks to me like it's my choice. What do I want? If I want more virtue, knowledge, understanding, power, if I want more, then I'm going to give more, spend more. Because the master said that whatever I put in is what I'm going to get out. But then he said, and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has will more be given. And from him who has nothing, even that what he has will be taken away. So it looks to me, if I read that carefully, it's like, man, if I want to grow and I want to keep pushing forward, I ain't got no choice. I got to keep increasing in what I want, in, in, in demonstrating what I want out of this. See, I'm going to give you a, a, a little illustration for me. This is, this is one of the things that I do. And I do everything I can, as much as I can to be, stay connected to someone feeding me See when we are talking about this this eternal life when I, when I when I when I heard this from the Lord I started conditioning myself and getting myself in position to be hearing And not just necessarily what somebody else is teaching and preaching, but what I did is let that be the thing that I learned from, yes, but also that stirs things up on the inside of me where the Holy Spirit can keep expanding that. So I started this This cabinet. Some of y'all would have a hard time listening to it probably. But anyway, yeah, some of you do. But anyway, I started because of all of the people that I've ever run into in my Christian life and teaching and preaching and ministry, this cat has had more about is talking about eternal life than I've ever heard in my life. And so I just figured, well, you know what? I might as well, you know, hit the source hard. And so that's what I do. Now, it's up to each of us individually as to how we do that, what we do. I mean, you could write scriptures on index cards. You can find people preaching and teaching it. Um, You know, you can get all different Bible translations. There are all kinds of things you can do to do it, but it's up to each of us as to how we get that done. But whatever you invest is what you're going to get out of it. Now, to some people, it's going to look like you're going slow, slow, slow. Because you're not jumping up and doing flips. And doing tricks and running all over the place where this one's, you know, shouting this miracle and this one's shouting this word and all that. And those things have their place. But people run after those things instead of sitting down and getting in the mirror and looking at Jesus face to face. They don't want to do that. A lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want to deal with what they see. When you look in that mirror, I will guarantee you, you're going to see Jesus. You you can't look at him like you would look at me. You can find fault in me, but when you look at him in the face, you're not going to find no fault. And you're going to find what you need to see that's going to transform you from one degree of glory to the next. And there are a lot of people that don't want to deal with that. That's why they're running all over the place. They don't want to discipline themselves, and then they don't want to stay in the mirror long enough to have God reveal to them something they need to change. Excuse me. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So now for me, I'm not scared of that. I learned a long time ago, you know what? Ain't no need me trying to hide from the Lord. (laughs) There's no need for me trying to hide. He already knows. And not only that, but on the inside of me, my desire is to live and be like him, in vitality. Lawfully I am, but vital living I want to be like. So you got whatever you got to do, <laughs> open my eyes, work in me. And a lot of the work has been uncomfortable, let me tell you. But it's like, hey, what else do I have? What else is there to life? Hello, what else is there to life? But to let him get in your jersey... And transform. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying, right? <laughs> okay. Now, Matthew 5, verse 6. Wow. It's all right so far? I'm checking. Okay. Blessed are they, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they'll never be filled. Oh, now they didn't read that way in your Bible, did it? Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So now, where's my hunger and where's my thirst? And what's it for? (laughs) Got to decide that. What's my hunger? What's my thirst? And what's it for? See, in, in the life of a believer... There's some disciplines that have to find their place. Now, I know sometimes people don't like the word discipline. Discipline just means that you you learn how to lock yourself into certain patterns and ways of doing things. That's what disciple means, really. Disciple is in the word discipline. And Jesus is the one to talk to us about discipleship. So you look at certain disciplines in Jesus' life. We see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John certain disciplines about his life, don't we? We see him pulling aside from people. We see him arising a great while before day before everything is going so he can have time by himself with the Father. We see him, people offering to him stuff to eat, and he said, no, I got meat to eat that you don't even know about. He said, I'm feeding on something else besides food right now. So right there, he's laying out to us some of the disciplines that need to be in our lives. We see him when people do him wrong, and yet he comes to meet their needs. See, so we can study um, things in his earthly life and ministry that show us certain disciplines that need to be involved in our lives if we're going to get the most out of God. Amen? Hello? 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 Anybody there? Okay. And see, once again, they're not laws, they're just principles, which we, if we will put ourselves in certain places of them, then that is what is going to draw the most out of us where discipleship and this life is concerned. I, I won't name any specifics for our lives, I could for all of us. There are things that captivate our attention. There are things that that, that cause us challenges in the senses, to where we get so locked into the senses that we don't tap into the things of the spirit like we ought to. Hello? Many of us, we can think about it. And I I think more so about some of us who have been around for a while, and have lived through certain moves of God as we've grown up. See, a, a lot of the generations that we're dealing with right now, two, three of them, not all of the people, in, but a lot of them have no clue of what it takes to tap into God. Many are being taught right now that all of the, the trappings in the natural are the things that get you in. If you got nice lights in your service, if you got some smog, if you got somebody, you know, I figure I'll get your attention. If you got somebody that's got holes in their jeans, you know, and, 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 and when they're jumping and praising and worship, that, that, that means that the presence of God. Is. And if you ain't jumping, then the, then the Lord ain't there. But see, you can jump. You can have holes in your jeans and be fornicating or be overindulging in food. You can be shining all the lights around and you just got a big electric bill. (laughs) Hello. But when we talk about, I mean, what, what we need to do to actually set aside and tap into God personally, some fasting, some praying, some spending real time with the scriptures and not just looking for a little promise that's going to get me through, but I'm looking for something where God's going to transform my life and where I've got something to give to somebody else on a constant, continual basis, not just a feel-good, That takes dedication. You might have to skip a few lunches during your work week. Oh my god, that's my time. (laughs) My time. Why would I want to do that? That's the only time I get on this sorry job. And if I'm going to fast and pray for the hour, oh my god. What's the world come to? (laughs) I can't watch. Man, I, I want to watch this. I want to watch a ball game, but oh my god, I got this scratching in me to sit down and eat some scriptures, but but, but I wanna watch the game. Choices. Choices. Man, I enjoy basketball, but I learned them cats, they're playing and they're making their money. I got to tap into God. And if I if I sense that I need to shut that thing off, then <laughs> Thank you, Chick. This is it. See, once again, it becomes my choice. What do I want out of it? Okay. So you think, man, you know, all this stuff that, that Pastor Nick come up with, is just like, oh, Holy Spirit just downloads. Listen, I got to go to him. I got to feed on this stuff. It just don't go poof, Voila. I have to count each of you as precious and vital and important to the Father. And I have to look at your lives as somebody that I have some responsibility as to what I sow into your ears. And I ain't about feeding junk. I ate enough junk in my life, both naturally and spiritually. And I don't want more of it either way in my own life. And I definitely don't want to be spewing that out to other people because I got to give account. So I'm going for the high road. I'm going the highway. I'm going for the gold because the people that come into the sound of my voice, I want them to hear the gold. Now, what you do with it is up to you. But no one will ever be able to say that you didn't get the best out of this vessel. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. Have I arrived yet? Absolutely not, but I'm on my way. Hallelujah. 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 All right, so now, keeping rules, not the issue. The issue is our personal desire and what we're willing to invest in. The senses have to be kept in check. If they're not kept in check, they're going to run wild. Eat too much, sleep too much, sleep not enough, drink too much, drink not enough. All kind of crazy ways that things can happen. Look at something too much, look at something not enough. It's, it, it's a full-time job. OK, now, we should learn to priorita- prioritize what we see the scriptures prioritizing. In, I thought this was interesting. In the messages to the four, to four of the seven churches in the Book of Revelation, chapters two and three, four direct references are made to life, which is Zoe. Now, this is just I'm I'm putting this on to enhance some of what we've already looked into, because for the biggest part of this year, a part of what we've been doing is looking and pulling out scriptures from all over the Bible that emphasize to us how important. Life is, so I'm just adding to that today. Okay. So out of four out of these seven churches, when Jesus talks to them, there are four direct references made to the Zoe. So let's look in Revelation chapter two to the church at Ephesus. There were some things that he said, and and just keep in memory because we're going to be coming back to talking about as he is. So are we in this world. When we look at what he says to these churches, he's dealing with them and their descriptions to them where he describes how he is as the resurrected Lord. Verse 7, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, uh-oh, looks to me like earth was made after the pattern of heaven. Because that tree, we find out, it was in the middle of the Garden of Eden. Interesting stuff. To the church of Smyrna, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Fear none of those things, which you shall suffer, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days, but be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of Zoe. This light thing is so important to God. Crown of Zoe. Okay, the promise. Revelation 2.17. He that has an ear, let him hear what the... Now notice, the spirit is talking to the churches. <laughs> The Holy Ghost is talking to the churches. No spirit. But you think you're going to hear from God. <laughs> <laughs> he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Now, this hidden manna. Remember, Jesus said, I am that bread of life. Remember in John 6, he had that dialogue with them. And they were talking about manna that came, that bread from heaven that fell when Moses and them were eating it, but he said, I am that bread. So I am the manna. Pergamos, okay. Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of Zoe. Book of life. So, you see, I'm still making a case for how important this thing is in the eyes of God and the attention that he gives to this word life. Redemption is all about righteousness, which leads to life. Let's slide through these scriptures real quick. We're about, we're about none here for today. Revelation, mean, excuse me, John Revelation. Romans 5. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel Revel- Revel- Romans, what do you know? Yeah. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Shall reign in Zoe by Jesus by one Jesus Christ. So redemption is about righteousness which leads to life. 2 Corinthians 5:17 through 21. We know that one, don't we? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he's put in us, given to us, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you in our stead. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. Oh, this is a good one. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, fight. The good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. If this is in me, why I got to lay hold of it? Because there's everything about it that's going to try and keep me from focusing on it. This is why he said, lay hold on the life of God. He said, follow after all this stuff. But he said, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to be fighting. That good fight of faith that you're fighting is to make sure you keep your grip on Zoe. That's right. That's the good fight of faith. That's the fight of faith that you're going to be dealing with. Because everything about it, and once we find out that this is priority, This is where your challenge is. And so your fight of faith is to keep your grip on Zoe. Don't get distracted. Don't let it go. Dig into it. Figure out what it's all about so that it can live in you and through you. And me and us. Hallelujah. Our union with Christ and the resurrection are what seal the deal. Two scriptures here, Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. Wow, wow, wow. Know you not that so many of us, as we're immersed into Jesus Christ, we're immersed into his death? Therefore we're buried with him by immersion into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of Zoe. Ah, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we're talking about living the life of the resurrected Lord right here and now. Like as he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk. No, walk is a constant, continual thing. Remember, Enoch walked with God. Walk in newness of Zoe. And then finally, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Oh, this is good stuff. And you, you see quicken, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us or given us life, zoified us together with Christ, by grace you were saved. And verse 6 says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the resurrection, seal the deal. We're in, y'all. We are already in this thing. It's just a matter of us making some decisions. One, are we going to tr- treat this life priority? And then what are we going to do about laying hold of it and keeping grip of it in a vital way for ourselves? That's what it's all about. So the question the Holy Spirit would have to you, to me, to us, is what you going to (laughs) do? What you going to do? Forget about looking at anybody else. I tell you, folks, what this thing does for me, what it will do for you and everybody else, you will stop looking at the faults of other people And building your life on spending time looking at other people and where they're coming short. When I look at me and I think about what I want, I don't have time to be looking at other people and trying to beat them down and criticize them. I know what it's like for me dealing with me, (laughs) and so I can't get distracted trying to beat you down for your faults. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your rich word and the spirit of God bearing witness to our spirits as to what is true and what is right. Just to love you so much. And we thank you, Lord, that we, we have the presence of your spirit in upon us and around us every single day to help us with these things, to help us to grow from one degree of glory to the next. Thank you for your help. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.